Hello, friends. Welcome back to Keep It Real with Rachel Sinclair. I'm your host, Rachel, and today our guest is Hannah Brencher. Hannah is a best-selling author, online educator, a TED speaker, and mental health advocate. Our conversation is rich with takeaways about how to actually accomplish your goals, how to fight the lies of culture, and how to listen to the Holy Spirit, which we are still learning. Hannah shares about the story that inspired her book, Fighting Forward, when she was battling severe depression, and how she found strength in shifting her perspective. Hannah is so real, and her story is very inspiring. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Hannah Brencher. Hannah, thank you so much for coming on the show and waking up early to be on the podcast. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I kind I love this like little early morning session. It's like make your coffee. It's like a little coffee date. <laughs> I know. Well, I wanted to ask. I know you are a coffee girl. So, yes. what are you drinking this morning? I am drinking what I drink every morning, which is just straight black coffee. Oh, <laughs> so impressive. So impressive. My dad drink- tells me my dad tells me I have fake black coffee because I put sugar and cinnamon in it. Ooh. So it looks black, but it's not really black. <laughs> I feel like yeah, I mean, I think that was like one of my like goals for a long time was that I wanted to drink black coffee. I have no idea why. I just think it makes you seem like really intense. Um Oh, it but- is. It's totally <laughs> the cool thing to do. <laughs> I can do it but, if um, I have to, but <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I did have like I think it was during like a whole 30 that I finally like went full on black coffee. I had like a barista that was like, listen, like the first two days you're going to hate it. Like you're going to take like one or two sips and then like, you're just going to acquire a taste for it. And like, sure enough, like that, that's what happened. But I'm not like a, I'm not a bougie black coffee person. Like this is totally McCafe black coffee. Like Love it. Yes. <laughs> like I love McCafe. That's awesome. You know, I, I don't know that I've just tried that like from the store. I usually go Dunkin'. So I'll have to okay, give that okay. a try. Mm-hmm. I yeah I don't think it's anything like super special I just um when I used to live in New York me and my girlfriend would meet up like at the Mitt Cafe in Times Square and so like when I found the K-Cups I was like well, that just like makes me feel like I'm there with her you know yes absolutely I love that that's so sweet well, yeah. can you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself, you know, what you're passionate about and then kind of what your life looks like right now with your family and everything? Yeah. So I am a author and a writer. I I would say that's my biggest passion in the world is just writing. It always has been ever since I was a little girl. I was a storyteller. I was like drawn to like building my own worlds in my head. And I feel like writing to me is like the way that I feel like the closest to God. It is just, it's like the core pillar of my life. And so everything that I do really stems from that place. Um, I love teaching courses where I show people like the discipline of writing and then how to also like established discipline in other areas of your life. If you had told me like 10 years ago that I would be doing that, I would have thought that would be somebody else. Um, But as somebody who deals with mental illness, with depression and anxiety, I've actually learned that like 
healthy habits and discipline are like the foundation of my life in the sense of like they hold me together. They allow me to move forward and thrive in my life. And I love teaching that to other people because it has been such a game changer for me. And so, yeah, so much of my life is writing and it's creating and it's helping other people, which I'm so thankful for. I run an organization called More Love Letters and we use the power behind social media to write and mail letters to strangers in need all over the world. So a lot of things that are going on, but um, yeah, today I am seven years into living in Atlanta, Georgia, and I am about to come up on my five-year anniversary of being married to my husband, Lane, and we have a daughter who is 18 months old and yeah, we all just like live life together. It's so much fun just being a mom and uh, fills my heart kind of in a way that I always like hoped my heart would be filled, but didn't know what it would be to fill me in that way. You know what I mean? Yes. So oh, yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing. Yes, I oh, so many directions I want to go with this because I go. love your message. And um, I've followed you on socials for a while. And then a couple months ago, I started reading your books. And I was like, this is a girl after my own heart. Just the way you okay. write is like poetry. And it's I just it's like seeing the world through your perspective. And it's it's really beautiful. So Um, I'm really excited to have you on. Yeah, I'm excited to dig in. Yes. Okay, well, your most recent book is called Fighting Forward. And can you tell us a bit about what inspired this story and then why you felt called to take it from just something that happened in your life to I'm putting it out there in a book to the world? Yeah, so Fighting Forward, and I... I think that like I've written three books so far and I could be wrong, but I always feel like the idea for the la- for the next book is hidden in like the last book. And so mm. in Come Matter Here, I wrote about going through that very severe depression and I had a moment in that it was um, Christmas Eve and I was at home with my family in the in the throes of just like this really crazy hard depression and I just had this moment where I kind of like looked around and and I realized like I don't like the way that I'm fighting right now and I I say that in the sense of a lot of times within depression like we don't really get a choice of how we are fighting because it's a very very intense illness that will change the way that you're thinking. But like, I could tell that my mindset was overly negative, that I I wasn't believing in myself or wasn't believing in the sense that I could even come through this. And I wanted to change that in whatever capacity I could change that. And so I drove down to the convenience store right down the street. I bought a notebook. And I wrote on the front of the notebook, Fight Song 2015 for the year ahead. And um, I just started to like pour my heart out into this notebook and write what I referred to as fight songs for who I imagined would be like my one day daughter. And I kind of thought to myself like, okay, if I can't find the words to empower myself and to like get through each day, like maybe I could find them for somebody else. Like maybe I could find them for her. If she goes through a point where, you know, 
she feels stuck in the woods. Like she feels lost. She doesn't know where to turn. And so I started to write those fight songs and I started to see my perspective on things change and shift. Not entirely because I definitely am somebody who is like, hey, like employ the help of a therapist and, you know, medication if that's the route you need to take. But Mm -hmm. there was something to be said about changing the narrative in my own mind of like, okay, maybe I'm not coming out of this right now, but like, what am I learning? What am I seeing? How am I growing? Because all of that is happening in this really dark place. And so I, I had put that in come matter here. And I always kind of had a feeling that that could be its own book full of fight songs that would empower people and push people and inspire people. But it wasn't until I had, I started having meetings for my third book that, you know, my editor said in a conversation, she was like, you know, I I could be wrong, but like, I almost think that you could write a book of fight songs. And I had never told anybody about that idea. And so to me, that was like total confirmation of like, okay, Mm -hmm. this is what I'm supposed to do. Even if, even if it's not like, I don't think at the time it was the thing that I was like, even the most passionate about, but I felt like that was such confirmation of like, this is what I'm supposed to do. So like, let's go all in on this, you know? And so, yeah, it just, and I've got that confirmation so many times in like the thick of doubt of like, is this a book that I should write? Is this the next book? And it was made so clear to me. And so yeah, that's what the essence of fighting forward is. You know, I love that that story about even deciding what to publish because I feel like that goes along with the narrative of fighting forward in that sometimes you don't have it all figured out. It's not like a hundred percent this is what's gonna happen, yeah. this is the end. But you're saying, Okay, this feels like the next right step. I've got community. I've got people who are supporting this. I'm sure you prayed about it. And then you just, you say, okay, it's the step I'm, I'm taking it. So that's, that's cool. How the book journey mirrored the book. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like I'm somebody who is like, I've always been this way in my faith. I try to, I guess I'm trying to like grow out of it of like, I want confirmation at every you know, at every turn, like, okay, God, am I still right where you want me to be? You know, I think the generation that we're in, like, it's this idea of like, you have to be completely passionate, you have to be head over heels for the thing. And and that happens Mm -hmm. sometimes, but it doesn't happen all the time. And sometimes it's not about doing what you love the most at this moment beyond doing what is necessary and what you feel like God has called you to do, even if that's hard, or that's uncomfortable, or you're just unsure of how that's going to play out. You know, I, these songs were written for my daughter. I didn't know if they could apply to like people I've never met before. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's kind of another theme is feelings versus truth because, Mm. and this is something I'm learning and trying to work through in my own life is determining what role do feelings play in in making decisions, in listening to God and following to God, because sometimes it's hard. You don't want to just throw your feelings out the window. I mean, Mm, they're there for a reason, but you got to put them in their right place. And sometimes that's a hard line (laughs) to find. Oh, totally. And I feel like I, 
know and understand this a lot better now that I have a toddler because <laughs> like, she's feeling all these feelings for the first time and she doesn't necessarily know what to do with them. So like we have this saying in our house where we say we honor all feelings. We don't honor all behaviors, you know? So you Ooh. can, yeah, like you can feel sad. You can feel mad. You can feel angry, but what you choose to do with those feelings, that is the issue. You know, it's like if I'm feeling lonely and isolated. And so then I seek like love and affection from an area that I shouldn't seek it from, you know, or if I'm feeling sad. And so then I decide I'm not going to get out of bed for three days, you know? And so it's like, Mm -hmm. honor your feelings for sure, but also don't ever let your feelings drive the car. So like, I think there's a difference between like, I really pay attention to what I call like gut feelings, because we have those and we should listen to them. Like we do have intuition. At the same time, if I listen to my feelings every single day, like, man, I wouldn't eat healthy. I wouldn't work out. I wouldn't get up early and I wouldn't do any of the things. I would just go off of what I felt. And what I felt is I want to feel good in the moment. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes, definitely. How does that play into listening to the Holy Spirit? Mm, Yes, that's a good question. Because I think even my mom and I talk about this all the time about like, okay, like how do I know it's the Holy Spirit? You know, like how do I know it's not just like, my thoughts or my voice or something. Yes. Um, and I think that that's like probably a lifelong quest. I'm probably at the very beginning of it, but you know, like I engage in like what I consider or what I call like listening time where I'm just sitting there and I'm listening and then I'm writing down whatever it is I'm hearing. And mm. a lot of thoughts will come through and some I'll be able to immediately know like, okay, that's just me. And then some will be like, you know, for other people or specific words for people. And I trust that that's the Holy Spirit. And I I wish I could like give like the full blueprint of like, this is how you know, but I think that whatever it is that you hear, pay attention to it, you know, write it down, test it. Does it line up with scripture? And Mm -hmm. then go from there. And like, I will be completely honest that there have been times where I thought this was the Holy Spirit and I, you know, was wrong or it didn't work out how I thought it was going to work out. But I'm not going to know on this side of heaven if maybe that was the Holy Spirit and maybe it was just meant to lead me into something else. But I think for anybody, for Encourage would just be to keep showing up and keep practicing listening because your ears will get more and more tuned to like the nudges from the Holy Spirit. But if you, if you only do it every once in a while, like you won't know the sound of the Holy Spirit's voice. Right. It is a very vulnerable thing to say, I don't really know what this looks like to hear from God, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to try. Cause just like you said, what if, what if I get it wrong or not that you can get it wrong, so to speak, but it is part of that journey. And one thing I love is that the Bible refers to Jesus in the Holy Spirit as our teacher. Mm. And that image has always been so comforting to me because I need to learn, <laughs> you know, and if you think about going to school and having a teacher, the teacher is not there to show you 
what you already know. The whole purpose is Mm. that you don't know something and they're going to help you in a process to learn it. And so I have to remind myself of that sometimes that I'm not supposed to know it all. (laughs) And that's why, you know, but yeah. I love that you I love that you brought it up though because I feel like even like in a lot of Christian culture like we we tread very carefully when we talk about the Holy Spirit because it can be I mean it can be a little bit freaky if I'm honest, you know? Like I think that like I've learned over the years that I have uh, I have the gift of prophecy. So I get very specific words for very specific people. And even I myself, when I sit down and put myself into a space of just like, I'm going to write whatever it is that I'm told, I freak out a little bit. I think this is a, I can feel like this overwhelming, like power or whatever it is. And it's a little bit like daunting, you know what I'm saying? But I think what I've learned over, over the last year or so is that like, even in reading the scriptures, like it says right there in the Bible that we have been given the Holy Spirit as a guarantee for where we're going in the sense of it is like our little glimpse of heaven. And I realized, wow, I don't really treat the Holy Spirit like a guarantee. Like it says right there, like uh, the actual Greek is like an engagement ring or like a down payment on a house. And I'm like, if we all accessed it more like that to realize like this is our guarantee is that we do have this helper that can guide us. But I think a big part of that is that we have to be willing to clear out distractions and noise to be actually able to hear the voice of God. And a lot of people don't make it past that step one. Yes, I think the whole concept of listening is just hard in our culture, yeah, even yeah. when it's when we have personal time. If I'm in line at the grocery store, I'm going to go to Instagram instead of just mm-hmm. being in the moment. And so even thinking of just sitting and saying, OK, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to listen for God. That's that's kind of hard to comprehend yeah. for a lot of our culture, but it is so important and one thing I do is I call it go away and pray because Mm -hmm. if I can physically remove myself just for the purpose of spending time with God and I'll bring my Bible too, because that's where you hear from God (laughs) for sure. But if there's just something about going to a park or a coffee shop or even the back porch to say, okay, I've left my phone in the car or in my room. I am here without distractions I'm just going to sit. It's a little uncomfortable, but it it allows you to hear. It gives you time and space to hear from God. So, yeah, that has been, that's actually been like a huge theme of the last like six months of my life of like, it was actually like my 33rd birthday. I was in Melbourne, Florida with some friends and, um, was like journaling on the morning of my birthday and like praying with God and God just like really laid it on my heart to unplug my phone, like to turn my phone off. And, um, what I ended up like, I'm a goal person. I'm a goal oriented person. So like when you tell me to unplug my phone, I'm like, I can do that, but like, I need to be working towards something. That's just how I am. And so, um, (laughs) I set up a framework where it is my goal um, by my next birthday to have unplugged my phone, to turn off my phone for a thousand hours. 
And that comes out to about three hours a day, which is totally entirely doable, but we've transported ourselves into a space where we don't shut our phones off ever, like ever. And so um, I have, I think I just hit the 300 hour mark of unplugged hours. And I can tell you, like, it is the most life giving practice. Like it, it just, and I, I needed it this year. I just needed it, especially having like a little girl who's like, she's never going to be this little again, you know? And so now when I get to the space in my day where I turn off my phone, it's like the most like refreshing. It's like life floods back to me because I realized my whole entire life is right here. It's not on the phone. I've believed the lie that it's on the phone, but like, I'm actually missing out on everything that's right here. And like, even yesterday, you know, like, it wasn't like a day that I was like, Oh, I heard specifically from the Holy Spirit, like go and do but like, I turned off my phone in the morning. And I was like, not plugged into work or anything. I was just like, cleaning the house, like what a like mundane task, you know, but like, um, I realized like, I was like, fully in the moment and fully present right where I was. And I was playing Christmas music because I listened to Christmas music very early in the season. And there were just these little moments where like me and her would just like, you know, I pick her up and we would dance together in the kitchen and she was laughing and like loving it. And I was like, I wouldn't have this moment if my phone was on. I know I wouldn't because I would be so quick to try to document it or I would be so quick to just like, you know, let that attention shift from her to whatever it is that I think is more interesting, you know, and, and whether I, whether she realizes it or not, like I'm sending her a message every time I pick the phone over her, I am of saying whatever is happening here is more valuable than this time right here. And I do not want to be sending her that message because she's going to get that message her entire life for better or for worse, you know? And so it's like, I have to be that first pillar of showing her this is presence. Like this is what presence looks like. That's, that's beautiful. What would you say to, I feel like a lot of people listening to this, myself included, would think that sounds so great. I would Mm. love to do that. But that also seems kind of daunting. Or what if I start it, but I can't follow through. So what would you say to someone who's like, I want to get going, but how do I, how do I start that? Well, I think the reason like, cause yes, I totally agree a thousand hours. You're like, whoa, that's a lot. But I think that you, you do want in some capacity, some kind of clear cut goal, whether that goal is achievable or that goal is, you know, like something to aim towards, because whenever we like set a goal, but we don't actually have like clear cut, like quantity of it, you know, like you've done that before, I'm sure, where it's like, well, I want to read my Bible more. And it's like, okay, but like, what does that look like? What would reading your Bible more look like? And so for me, it was like, okay, well, I want to shut my phone off. But how do I even know? Like, so by setting a goal, I was able to work towards something, I have something that I can like document in a notebook, I can account for those hours. And here's the thing, if at the end of the day, I don't actually reach those 1000 hours, I am still going to be 700, 800, 900 hours unplugged. And so sometimes even if you don't hit that goal, you're able to use that goal to see the amount of like progress you've made and there's substantial progress there. And so, you know what, I would just tell people to start small, start with just 
an hour of your day that like you intentionally plan when it's going to be, because I've learned if you do not plan it, it will not happen, but like turn your phone off after work for an hour and be present with your surroundings or, you know, later at night, instead of going to sleep by the light of your phone, like read a book, read 10 pages of a book, you know, or like the big thing for me is like the morning hours. It's like, well, I don't want to wake up and immediately go straight to social media. And so it's like, if I'm going to get alone with God and no one needs me that early in the morning, like why not have my phone off and then just see where that takes me throughout the morning. Don't rush to turn it back on. Everything will be there when you get back. But like, you'll start to, I think, encounter this like calm and this peace that like, I didn't even know was available to me. But like, I'm like, oh, wow, like, I feel like I'm, I'm so much more like, present and aware of where God is working in my life. Because I've shut off the biggest distractor, the thing that competes with the voice of God at all times. And like the voice of God does not need to compete with anything. So it's like right. I'm setting up the competition every time I pick up my phone. Yes, we are inviting the competition in. Exactly. <laughs> We're like, here, yes. have it. I wonder why I can't hear from God. Oh, wait. I right. literally am using Instagram as my moral compass. Yes. It's a slippery slope for yep. sure. Yes, I I think, and you you talk about this in in fighting forward, but the the perspective that you use when fighting or when setting a goal is so healthy because I feel like as a mid twenties consumer on Instagram, you know, mm -hmm. I feel like our world has kind of these two extremes when it comes to self-care, doing what you need to do. On one side, there is, you know, hustle, be a girl boss, give 110%, like work until you don't have anything else. And then on the other side, there's be kind to yourself. You do yes. you, your pace is your own. And both of those are, that can be helpful in the right context, but sometimes you're like, wait, which one am I supposed to do today? And yeah. I feel like your message is like, is saying, okay, fight, but make sure you're doing it in the right way. You know, take it slow, but make sure you're moving forward. And it's just refreshing because we don't really hear that, that moderation from anywhere else. Totally. And I think I totally know exactly what you mean, because I, I have experienced both sides of the culture, you know, and I was like, girl boss, hustle, hustle, hustle all day for a long time. And I still love some of the like the feelings that that mentality like inspires inside of you, because I am a believer of like, you sure. do have to work hard. You do have to hustle. Like if you want to get to places that other people are not going, you will have to put in a different level of work. That's not to say that God can't elevate you to places that you've never been before, but like you also have to work, you know, but I, I totally 100%. agree that like this other side of the spectrum is like, namaste in bed. Like, you know, like I'm, and I just don't even, I mean, like, I don't have a single shred of me that identifies with that. But like, I've had to learn the value of, of rest. And then the value of like, I think the word that I'm currently deconstructing is this idea of 
productivity. Because if you had asked me a year ago, I would tell you productivity means get things done. That's it. Point blank period, get things done. And now we're in a season where productive looks a little bit different, you know, with, um, you know, our daughter going through some medical things, you know, we've lost days to the hospital, we've lost days at home, we just lose days sometimes, because we're having to keep track of like, what is happening with her. And in those days, it would be really easy to say, I got nothing done, you know, and if my I've learned that if my worth is tied to the things that I get done, then on those days, I have no worth. And that's dangerous, you know. Um, And so I've had to learn that, like, it's not about what I can manage to produce. Producing things is great. That's beautiful. That's wonderful. It will fill you in a lot of ways to be able to be a creator, you know. But at the same time, I think some seasons we need to, like, train our eyes to see what it is that God is producing in us. Because on days where we don't feel like we are productive, that is typically the days where God is the most productive in us. And so, you know, I think that figuring out, okay, what is being produced in this season? Is it patience? Is it love? Is it joy? Is it, what is it? And keeping our eyes on like what God is producing in us instead of what we could be producing at all times. Oh, I love that. I'm going to have to take notes and write that down. That is so good. Focusing on what God is producing in us instead of what we are producing. That's that's beautiful. I'm still in the thick of it. I'm still learning it, but (laughs) it's still figuring it out. And it's reevaluating the way that we measure things, our whole system of, Mm -hmm. um, yes. One of my favorite verses is I think it's Psalm 127. I always get on this podcast and I'm like, I love this verse. Wait, which, which chapter? <laughs> which one which, is it? Which book? So um, it's, I've got to get better at this. The podcast is holding me accountable, but I digress. But it says, unless the Lord, unless the Lord builds a house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the mm. Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stay up in vain. In vain, you rise early and... Oh boy, here we go. And then you rise early, working for the bread of anxious toil, but the mm. Lord gives sleep to those he loves. And that resonates that. with me so much because there's there's two sides to this. Clearly, if God is not in it, it's useless. It's not worth it. But also, the house is not going to get built if the builders don't go out and work. Yeah. You yeah. know, the city is not going to be protected if the watchmen aren't standing there looking. And so it's, we can't neglect either side. We've got to, got to submit to the Lord. We need him and he is key to our efforts, but we also have to show up for what he's, what he's asked. And that, I think that just goes with seeing, seeing our, our worth, our outcome, our measurements through his lens, you know, and not just our own. I totally 100% agree with that. Yeah, that's good. Well, one last question. I know we're we're about to wrap up here, but the whole message of of fighting forward, I think, just applies to many people in different places, but specifically to people who feel like, I don't know where to start. I'm lost. I need something to change, but I'm confused. 
And so what would you, what would your encouragement be to someone who knows that they need to change? They know that they need to start, but they're kind of scared. What, what would you say? I mean, I would say a, that you're in a really good space to be able to look around and realize like, I want something to change. I desperately need something to shift. That's a good space to be in, you know, cause you're fed up. And um, I would also say then, you know, figure out what it is, where it is that you want to go, like cast a vision, you know, because I think that like God honors vision. And I think that, you know, sit down maybe to think, okay, like if, if this isn't working for me, like, what is it that I want? Like, and, and that doesn't mean that like tomorrow you can like go out and like manifest that thing, you know, but I do think that there is power in, in our mindset and in, in where we think that we're going, that it, it, without a vision, we perish, you know, we have to have something to say that is where I would like to be, or that is the kind of life that I would like to cultivate. And then start to ask yourself, okay, if that's the vision, if that's where I want to be in five years from now, what is one small thing that would only take 15 minutes for me to get there today, you know? And that, I don't, I can't tell you what that will be for you, but I will tell you that it should be small. Do not, do not make it an hour in your day because you, you might do it the first day, but it will not be sustainable the second, third, the fourth day. But 15 minutes is something that you could do today no matter what kind of day you have 15 minutes or you will spend 15 minutes scrolling on Instagram. Um, and so I will. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, well, what is that thing that you said that you wanted to do? Is it, did you say that you wanted to, you know, be somebody who works out or did you say that you wanted to write a book or, you know, you wanted to start a blog or get your finances in order, dedicate 15 minutes to that thing today. And again, as I said earlier in the podcast, like plan it out when that's going to happen in your day, because if you leave it to the end of the day, it's not going to happen, you know, or it's going to happen half-heartedly just because you said that you would do the thing. And so um, start small and build up from there. And you're not, I just, I, I, I think back to like, years ago when I went to like this conference and the woman that was running the conference, like she had us all lay down in different spots in the room and like envision what our life would look like five years from now. And I like hated doing that exercise because I just don't like, I'm like, come on, like, let's do it. Like, let's make it happen. Let's not think about it, you know? And I remember laying on the floor, like begrudgingly, And this like vision came into my brain. Like I was in a kitchen and there was like Christmas lights in the kitchen. I don't know why I love Christmas lights. And I was like sitting on the countertop with somebody and whoever it was, I just knew like that was my person. That was the person I was supposed to be with. And in the vision, people just were coming into the house and I knew that it was our house and these were our people and they were just surrounding us. And there was just so much love and joy in this space. And it, it stopped me in my tracks. I ended up like ugly crying and like weeping because I would have never told you like, that's the vision of what I actually wanted. I thought the vision was big dreams, suitcases, fly here, speak there, do this, write these books. And yet when I got honest with myself, the vision was a home and it was people that knew me. And it was like, 
But what was really daunting in that moment was realizing that I hadn't set up any part of my life to be able to get there in five years. Like there was not a single thing in my life that would mean that if I continue on this path, I will get to that place in five years. And I just started to shift little by little by little. It wasn't big shifts. It wasn't grand shifts, but it was this pledge to plant down roots and to figure out how to be a rooted person and figure out how to let people in. And, you know, I think five years later, I have, I have that life. I have that home. I have those people, but it was just because I, I think one, I had a vision of something I wanted to work towards. And then I just committed myself little by little, step by step. And, and I believe it's entirely possible for people. It's going to be hard work. Yes. But like, do not sleep on your life. Like you need to wake up and you need to live it and you need to relentlessly check into it because you're the only one who gets to. Yes. Do not sleep on your life and take yeah. those small sustainable steps. And that's, that's beautiful. Hannah, thank you so much for coming on the show. I just love your message, your spirit, your heart. And I know this is going to bless many people today. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you for having me. Of course. All right. Well, you have a good Friday. Thank you. You too. Bye. Wow. What a good word to take with us today. Hannah is so gentle and approachable, but then, man, she can bring a powerful word. She's one of my favorite people to follow on social media. So if you're not following her already, get to it. She is at Hannah Brencher on Instagram, and her website is hannahbrenchercreative.com in case you're interested in taking some of her courses. You can find her book, Fighting Forward, wherever books are sold. Now, speaking of following people on social media, <clears throat> yours truly is on Instagram and Facebook at Rachel Sinclair Writes. I would love to connect with you there. Love to hear what you think about the show. So please look me up and say hello. That's all for now. I will talk to you next time. Bye.